Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the beginning of our playoff dress rehearsal. It is here, finally. The Seahawks was was kind of the first part of it, no question, but this next three-game stretch is going to be no joke, and Raymond and I are so excited to talk all about the first game in our playoff dress rehearsal. But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast and be sure to subscribe like subscribe or subscribe to apple youtube stitcher <laughs> i'm not used to saying that <laughs> i'm so used to itunes but itunes does not exist anymore <laughs> but make sure to subscribe to us on apple at the apple platform <laughs> well it's on its way out App- itunes is on its yeah. way out it's not quite over yet. So be sure to Apple yeah, Podcast, Apple Podcast, but uh, subscribe to us via iTunes or <laughs> Apple, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Be sure to leave a like if you like it. Leave a comment because we love to talk with you. YouTube is definitely one of the more popular platforms that people like to interact with us, and we certainly do appreciate it. And subscribe. <laughs> I think you've done a great job. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore, or on Twitter at, at RaySolise, and then you can find me on Instagram at RaySolise1. Man, we just messed you up this week. We just got you all all twisted. You can find me at RudySolis3 on Instagram, at RudySolis3RD, RudySolis3 on Twitter. All right, Raymond. Here it is. Goldcast Nation, we're back. The greatest fanalist in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Raymond, it is time. The Green Bay Packers will be here on Sunday. A team that... Historically, this decade, we have pretty much gotten the better end of, but it was, it's was it been a drought, and now the Packers are back in town, and the Niners are good once again. Let's get started, Raymond. Let's talk about this game. I am pumped. This got flexed from the 1 o'clock game to, appropriately, the 5 o'clock game, which will make it the third game in the last four weeks that we have had in prime time deservedly so the nfl does understand this is one of the richest most popular franchises in the entire league no i'm not talking about green bay i'm talking about the 49ers that's a fact yeah green bay is uh, publicly owned by the fans isn't it or or their part ownership they've got some weird co-op thing going on over there yeah they do it's it seems cool though but this has been flexed it'll be the third 
third of four games that is in prime time for us. I couldn't be more excited. Raymond, let's start with you. Uh, what do you see going into this game? What are you looking at? What does the greatest fanist in the game think about this upcoming game against the Green Bay Packers? Well, the first thing I look at, and this also coincides with how I approach fantasy, is the injury report list. And Matt Mayoko does a terrific job reporting all of this via Twitter, so it's very accessible. And I actually get updates directly from him. I have notifications from him turned on, so they come to me. I never seek them out. But uh, George Kittle was back at practice today, nursing that knee and ankle injury that he's been going through. Debo Samuel was in practice today. He was dealing with the shoulder injury that he got on Sunday. And Emmanuel Sanders, uh, with the rib injury, was at practice today. All three of those guys were limited, but those are all three big guns in our passing game that really need to play. And according to Matt Mayoko, he says that his guess is that they will play on Sunday night. The fact that they were all participants in practice today in some form or another certainly lends itself to optimism for for, for them playing this Sunday. And we got to watch the report. Tomorrow will be kind of the main report to watch, the la- the last final report before really figuring out whether they're going to play or not. My guess is if Kittle's already making strides to, to make it to limited practice, he's he's making a conscious effort to get back on the field for this game, given the circumstances and, you know, the gravity of, of the playoff implications, even though we're still, you know, f- uh, several games out from when it starts to get really tight in, in as far as seeding's concerned. But nevertheless, it's still great to see that he's in the in uh, making his way back into the lineup because we certainly need him, although Dwelly's been filling in very nicely. Uh, Matt Breida didn't play today. D4 didn't play. Robbie Gold and Joe Staley didn't play. The one I'm least worried about out of that group, uh, two of them, uh, Joe Staley because Justin School has been playing terrific all season long in his stead. And D Ford has been kind of battling these injuries off and on for most of the season. So his rest is more of just a precaution. My guess is he will play on Sunday. And Matt Breda, um, as he's been battling his ankle his ankle injury since you know he had it last year, late in the season, battled through it most of the time. But I think now we're coming through a stretch where we have such a good running back committee that I think the Niners should be cautious in preserving him. I mean, if he's ready to go, then great. But if not, then I wouldn't risk further injury and losing him for a longer stretch of time. On the Green Bay side, most of those guys are healthy. I know Devontae Adams was limited in practice today. And I know the fullback Danny Vitale was limited. And the backup guard Cole Madison was added to the injury report. But I'm pretty sure all those guys are going to play. And then some veteran rest was given to Jimmy Graham. Uh, the tight end, uh, Mercedes Lewis, and the cornerback, Tremaine Williams, and the right tackle, Brian Balaga. And so I expect to see all those guys on Sunday. Yeah, this is, the Packers have been one of the, actually one of the healthiest teams of the, uh, for the season. Let's talk about some of my favorite stats, things that I like to look at uh, when when looking at these games. Green Bay right now is averaging 25 points per game this season, ranked number nine in the NFL. They're surrendering 20 points per game this season, 14th in the NFL. San Francisco, on the other hand, is averaging 29 points per game this season, second in the NFL, and surrendering 15 points per game this season, also second in the NFL. The On the road, 
the Packers have not been as good. They've actually been only averaging 21.5 points Just per game. Just a on the hair road better this than their defensive uh, mm-hmm. defensive effort. And we are only giving up 17 points per game at home this year. Fourth in the NFL. On the road, they're 20th in the NFL. And at home, we're fourth in the NFL in how much we're giving up. So they, And then the Packers are giving up an average of 19.2 points per game on the road. Almost identical to what they're getting on offense. So... You know, just looking at those, they're just you know, the the you you do what you will with those stats, but that's just kind of showing you on average what's happening when Green Bay goes on the road and what's happening when San Francisco is playing at home. And clearly, San Francisco is a team. Home field advantage has finally really settled in for this team. They've been there long enough now. Uh, you know, the players, all these players, with the exception of I guess Staley, I can't even know. I don't even know if anyone else. I don't know if anyone else besides Staley was even ever has even played at Candlestick. Is it anyone else on the team? No, Buckner. Buck, Buckner didn't. Play I think it. Armstead did because he was drafted in 2015. So Armstead, maybe. Ar- so Armstead, yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. Armstead's okay. the only one. Maybe actually, well, uh, maybe Robbie Gold in the past. I know Robbie Gold's played there as as a Bear. As a Bear, but not as a not as a 49er. No. Okay, yeah. So, you know, for most of these players, this is this is home. This is home field is Levi. This is all they've ever known for ninety nine point nine percent of the guys on this team. And so the you know, home field advantage is a real thing with with San Francisco. And it's just it's interesting to see those those margins and to see how well they're doing. Clearly the advantage is in San Francisco. San Francisco is in Vegas three point favorites. Although the public, Raymond, they don't believe in us. The betting public, 71% are betting in favor of Green Bay. That's surprising. But you know what's not surprising? When the professionals talk about the matchup. Now, Inside the NFL is not the show it once was when you and I were growing up watching Nick Bonacani and... Who else was there? I think uh, Len, Len Dawson, Dawson and Chris Collinsworth. Chris, Chris Collinsworth came later, but uh, Chris Collinsworth was there. I, Dan Marino was part of that sh- uh, crew back in the day uh, after when he retired, of course, not during the 80s and 90s. But the crew that exists now, which is, I think, Brandon Marshall, Ray Lewis, uh, Phil Sims, and... I forget who the other guy is. They usually have a guest pro and then JB is the host. However, everyone on the panel picked the 49ers to win. Despite the fact that Green Bay is coming off of the bye, so they've had rest and they've had time to prepare. And I'd, I, I kind of have to side with the pros on this one. Obviously, I have bias, but to me, the matchups just don't. The defensive matchup that Green Bay is going up against just does not favor them in any way, shape, or form, really. To me, I think the only chance they've got is to give us a heavy dose of Devontae Adams and Jamal Williams. That, to me, is the only chance they've got, and because that's an area that the Niners defense has been susceptible. We've dropped in the rankings progressively ever since the Rams game. We're now ranked 20th in the NFL. Um, we're now considered, that's, you know, that's close to bottom... You know, that's the bottom half of the league. That's not very good. Although, 
you know, it's still, we've gotten a little bit better. We, we, we played Arizona better than we did the first time. And we, we mostly kept Chris Carson in checked in the Seattle game. So those two games in the last three game stretch were the latter two games of that three game stretch were good. I'd say the Seattle game was the best out of that three, but Arizona was not able to establish the run as easily as they did the first time. And Seattle really never got going in the running game, despite having a accumulated total of a hundred plus yards. So to me, this is the only area that really green Bay has an advantage, at least in terms of the rankings. But I still don't think that that's enough because we faced mobile mobile quarterbacks for three straight weeks, and now we're going up against a quarterback who was once very mobile and is not quite as mobile as he used to be. He can still run when he needs to, but he is definitely not that player anymore in my estimation, and his ability to move in the pocket is not is just not the same, not the same as Russell Wilson, not even close, and certainly not the same as Kyler Murray, who's a little lightning bolt out there. And so to me, when you put that kind of quarterback against this type of pass rush, I think it's going to be a long day for Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers lead the NFL in sacks with 39. We're tied for first place with New England, I believe. Eric Onstead leads the team in sacks. He's got eight. Bosa still has seven. He's been sackless the last couple of games, but his pressure presence is still very, very impactful, regardless of whether it shows up in the stat sheet. D Ford has got six and a half stack sacks. He's been great. Buckner's got five. So he's still solid. So we still have all of all of our pass rushers are still extremely healthy and are still playing really well. So I just don't see and we've got the number one pass defense in the NFL. So the the one the one area, you know, making Rogers one dimensional, I think, is something that we'll be able to accomplish despite being susceptible this last this latter half of the season and i think that that's going to force Aaron Rodgers to be one dimensional even though Aaron Rodgers is definitely in anyone's top 3 choices of quarterbacks you'd like to have throwing the football in a pressure situation but against this pass rush that's extremely young and extremely fast and doesn't have to blitz you to be effective because all four of the front starting front are pro bowl caliber players. I just think it's, it's a tall task. It's an extremely tall task for, for even someone as good as Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be wearing a gold jacket when his career is all said and done. It's definitely going to be a tall task. This, I really couldn't think of a greater start to the playoff dress rehearsal than this game right here. The Packers, I've been very competitive. I I really kind of toggle between them and Seattle for that that third spot in in the in my power rankings for the NFC. I put the 49ers at number 1, I put the Saints at number 2, and I you know, for the last maybe 3 or 4 weeks in my brain I've been toggling back and forth between the Packers and the Seahawks. I think they're I think they're kind of close and level to each other. I think both teams are capable of beating any of the other teams in the top four on any given Sunday, but I don't believe either of those teams really have enough to make it all the way to an NFC Championship or even further beyond to a Super Bowl. I, I I just don't think so. I'm not I'm not completely I'm not completely. I I'd say the Packers have a much better chance than the Seahawks because they're a more complete team. 
But having said that, there there have not been as quite as dominant and quite as consistent as the Saints and the 49ers have been, even though the records between the Packers and the Saints are very close. So Yeah, and, and they, and they Green started Bay, defensively. I thought Green Bay started off pretty good. I thought like, whoa, hey, if this team they did. plays, if their defense plays like this, like they've been playing throughout the way they did throughout the first three weeks, then Green Bay is going to be a really tough out. And they've still been a tough out. You know, their, their record's Hayton too. So they clearly have, you know, been winning out their games. But they've... They've won on the heels of Aaron Rodgers, and they've won without Aaron Rodgers. So similar to the Niners that we've won in multiple ways, Green Bay's kind of done the same thing. But I just don't think that Green Bay has been – they've not – clearly by the rankings, they've not been as consistent as we have offensively and defensively. This team is extremely, extremely uh, susceptible against the run, against the pass. I mean, they're, they're bottom 10 in passing yards and rushing yards allowed their bottom five in total yards allowed their middle of the pack and points allowed as you, as you pointed out earlier. So to me, I just think those, those factors going up against our offense, especially if our three horses play and Debo Samuel, I really hope he, his shoulders. Okay. If he plays to, if he practices tomorrow, then expect to see him on Sunday for sure. Debo Samuel has 12 has, has, you know, in, has caused 12 defenders to to miss to miss tackles on him this season. That leads all wide receivers in the NFL. That and he's a rookie. So this guy is playing the way he's he's and remember remember how I said that George Kittle was a big big influence to him. He's taking that, you know, to the he's 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 playing to the best of his ability as far as that kind of, cause that's what I see when I see George Kittle, it's a guy that makes people miss tackles. He probably, George Kittle probably leads the league in missed tackles and tight ends. Maybe, maybe he doesn't because of the, the games he's missed lately, but I'm sure he's up there in that category. But to the fact, the fact that the fact that D bill Samuels leads the league and wide receivers in this category, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. That that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan looks for in offensive players is their ability to get yak. We want yards after the catch. Debo Samuel's been outplaying everybody in that category, and and in, in not only on the team, but of course now that we know uh, across the the entire NFL. So that's terrific. If he plays, he's going to be a huge, huge, huge factor because he had a huge game last week, and I expect him to have another big game today, especially if Emmanuel Sanders is not a hundred percent. We saw him grimacing after each catch catch last week. I mean, he was bent over. He the was whole hunched game. the entire time. It's it's tough. I I, I expect him to be you know, a little bit better this week, but you know, if, if things kind of cramp up and start to hurt, then expect Debo Samuel to get majority of those looks and same with Dwelly and Kittle. Absolutely. And I, uh, Packer, Packerson Saints have the exact same record. I, like I mentally, like I mentally gapped for a second there. They're both eight and two. They don't have similar records. They're the exact same. Um, do, but, but I just Saints think are, the are Saints are well-rounded. Yes, 100%. And I still put the Packers as a tier above the Seahawks. But as I was mentioning, can't really ask for a better opening game to this three-game stretch. The, here's a fun stat for you. No team in the Super Bowl era has ever had to face three teams with a winning percentage of 800 or above for three straight rakes, weeks this late into the season. It's never happened. So this will be a history-making. It's a fun one, right? This is a f- history-making three-week journey for the 49ers. 
I'm very excited. The, you know, this is a great storyline. You've got you've got the uh, the age old gunslinger Aaron Rodgers coming into town. You know, with arguably one of the best teams he's had, if not the best, maybe the best team he's had since the Packers won the Super Bowl because he finally has a defense and he hasn't when he went to the Super Bowl he had a top five defense the very following year his defense was in the top 20 never gone back since so arguably this is the best defense he's had since he won the Super Bowl and you have him coming into town you have the young gunslinger Jimmy G who clearly clearly has had flashes of brilliance um, but hasn't had to execute it at the level uh, that say maybe this team would require because his team is so well-rounded, but at the same time, uh, is also coming out was coming off a devastating ACL tear. Took him about took him about a, about a, as we predicted here in the Goldcast. Took him about a month to get his feet underneath him, and now he is really showing as we get later into the season that he's balling out more and more, incapable of playing at a very high level. Last week, 400 400 yards, four touchdowns. The only other two quarterbacks to do that in a 49er uniform are Joe Montana and Steve Young. So clearly, you get Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers. You get these two dominant defenses. You get Nick Bosa, the number one voted, number one Pro Bowl, number one in Pro Bowl votes as of this week, as of this recording. We're recording this Thursday night, November 21st. He leads the league the 49ers lead the league actually in pro bowl votes pro bowl votes which is a side note but no surprise there you just have these no surprise at all you you have just these two powerhouses going at it on sunday night and i just can't think of a bit better and bigger stage the the seahawks 49ers game from several weeks ago easily the biggest game of the season up until that point I'm going to go on a limb right now and say I think the biggest game of the season now has got to be this game. I think so. Just just I like when, of- when Seattle was in town, we said that was the biggest game of the season. When Carolina was in town, we said the same thing. So, uh, you know, I, and I think for the oh, next I, but I'm three saying, weeks. I'm saying across the board, Oh, right? really? Like I'm saying across season? the board. I think the number one game in the league this week has got to be Green Bay and San Francisco. Just, yeah, and I agree. Just like – just like two weeks ago, Monday night, even though we didn't play on Sunday with the rest of the league, the most anticipated game of that week was the Monday night showdown between us and Seattle. Oh, 100%. That was the biggest game of of the season and of yeah, the week. Yeah, and I think next week— This next is week, definitely the, the biggest, biggest game. game. Next week is going to be the Saints and Niners, <laughs> and the week after that is going to be—who's uh, after that? Who's after that? Who's the third team? The Saints. The, the, the Saints and then Seattle again? No, no, Seattle's at the end of the year. End of the year. After after the Saints, we have the Falcons, the Rams, and then the final game in Seattle. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to go back up there and go, oh, I can't wait. All right, so. Yeah, and and anyways, what was that other stat has uh, that you told me about Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers has never faced a 9-1 team. Ever. In his entire playing career. Now, yeah. Well, nine and one is pretty rare. If you think about it, that's pretty yeah. rare. It doesn't happen a whole lot. But he's played uh, a long time. But according to ESPN, he has played a long time. According to ESPN, what they what the the stat that I saw today was that Aaron Rodgers had never faced a nine and one team. That's a fun stat. A lot of fun stats coming out of this game. But so 
you know, you look at the storylines heading into Sunday, and this just has all the all the markings, all the makeup for another classic, classic showdown. So, Raymond, I have to ask you, where do you fall on this game? Vegas has us at three point favorites. The question is, do you take that bet? <laughs> <laughs> to me, shout out to the to, to the old school, old school yeah, pass. <laughs> we did the Vegas line. Um, to yeah. me, I think that this game is a lot easier. To me, the outcome of this game is a lot easier to predict versus the past three games, which were all division games, very difficult games against good teams, despite what Arizona's record. Uh, says they're still a good football team within the division. And that certainly played out in both games that we played against them. And Seattle certainly delivered on uh, in every category in in terms of what we expected these teams to go at it. This game, I think, is going to be a little bit different because I think the quarterback mobility is going to be a huge factor. And I think that it it's just not a good matchup for them offensively and defensively. I just think they have, they, they play well overall and they have played well enough to win games to, to be eight and to help their team remain to be, be eight and two as they are now. But I think that there's against the state of the art offense that Kyle Shanahan runs. I just think there's too many holes in the secondary and in the first and second level defensive line and linebacker that really is going to allow our running game to get back on track. And it's going to open up the play action pass like we've been doing in the first half of the season, more so than we've seen the past three games. And I just think that this, this to me is going to be a 30 to 13 contest and Aaron Rodgers, I predict he's going to get sacked about five times. 30, to 13 holy mother effing shit (laughs) wow 30 to 13 i don't know if i have that level of optimism i wish i did but it wouldn't be a classic someone predicted 60 points i think in last week's contest that was our boy yeah Yeah, that was our boy Uh, that that was our boy on on youtube who also defended the gold cast uh that was man i wish he would i wish he would have been right (laughs) i I really i mean we still won the game 36 26 so it still was by two possessions no 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 no. that prediction was for the seahawks oh that's right that's right that was for the Seahawks game. Yeah, it was for the Seahawks game. I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Unfortunately, it was not to be. So, okay, so <clears throat> it wouldn't be a classic Rudy, Nine, Rudy Niners. What the hell am I saying? It wouldn't be a classic Rudy week, Rudy Goldcast prediction week without me tossing a little bit of pessimism in there um, just because I, I – I don't I don't get to play so it's so out of my hands that it makes me nervous cuz I like to control so much of what I do but fandom is purely spectating all you can do is watch on in glee in horror in anticipation in excitement in fear in list whatever emotion you want here all right, so, so so give me a score prediction and then give me a you know an individual player performance prediction or, or some kind of some kind okay. of team prediction. Okay. I also think this game is going to be pretty tight. I do. I 
I think the Green Bay's got a pretty good running game over there. And as you mentioned before, the 49ers have been exposed. Ever since Quan Alexander went down, It's they've been a lot more susceptible to strong run games. I do predict the 49ers well, will I win. Think, I think since the Rams game, people have been dial, dialing yeah, in were, on that. that. That's to me, what's, ever since seven straight run plays to a touchdown with, with no TFLs in that drive, ever since that, that drive, I feel like the teams have been zoning in on us. Yeah, they, they McVeigh exposed a weakness in the defense and then never went back to it, and that's why the Rams are who they are. This well, we we well because all well, we of, did shut of, it all down. Of the yards, he, yeah, all of the yards he amassed in that drive, that was the most rushing yards he amassed the entire game. After that, it was it, we adjusted for sure, but accumulated it was over a hundred yards. Yes. So, back to the this game here. I believe this game is going to be very competitive. I'm going to say... Mm, mm. I'm going to go... I do think the, Ni- the Niners beat the spread. I'm going to go... I'm going to say it's going to be somewhere in the avenue of... 31 31 31 28 somewhere in there uh does Jimmy G here's the thing about Kittle Kittle being in or out of the game obviously has a huge impact but Dwelly has been fantastic a fantastic offensive weapon for us three touchdowns last week had one not got called back Exactly. And Debo Samuels is the first 49ers wide receiver rookie ever to have back-to-back 100-yard games. And and you were talking about his yak. Also, let's talk about the concentration level of this kid and his ability to make plays. That catch last week on the sidelines against the back Yeah, the one that cost him his shoulder, the, actually. Yeah, that was no joke. The kid has got some talent. And I was saying this in the weeks leading up to this, that somebody has got to step up when Emmanuel Sanders and Kittle are not in the game. Somebody else has got to step up. And Sanders has done it, and Dwelly Dwelly did it last week. I believe that the 49ers continue. I do agree. I think that the San Francisco defense makes it very hard on Aaron Rodgers, but he's a slippery one. And Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that plays up to the level of big game big game moments you know he's not a guy that crumbles very easily you know so the bigger the spotlight the greater he plays I don't suspect I do suspect that they do better than two touchdowns I think this is a a much closer game I do think that we beat the spread like I said 31-28 somewhere in there yeah like I guess that's right at the spread but but yeah that's 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 where I'm that's where I'm putting us I think some somewhere in the avenue of yeah thirty one twenty eight. I think I think Jimmy G continues to keep his consistency. This is going to be another great test for him, and more importantly, a test for that offensive line because this is a good defense. This is a very good defense. So I I really want to see how Jimmy G does against this D line and how the offensive line holds up against them as well because this is going to be a great test for him. There are guys going to be coming at him. And this, again, is going to help give Jimmy G those reps that he desperately needs in preparation for what's going to be a grueling postseason. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, what about what about predictive stats? Is someone going to get X amount of touchdowns? Is someone going to get X amount of picks? What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I don't. That you're 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 the greatest fan of in the game. That's more that's more your uh, your territory. What do you see? I, that 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 I couldn't. I tell think you. Aaron Rodgers is going to get sacked five times. That's what I think. He's he's, oh, he's yeah, slippery, yeah, he but he's not as slippery as Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson got sacked five times, by the way. And and what's his name? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's even more slippery than Russell Wilson because he's younger. And Russell Wilson's, you know, he's a little bit older. Not he still moves. I think he still moves terrifically, but he uh, but he's he's lost. I'd say maybe half a step in his game, half a step, maybe two. He's definitely throwing throwing a lot more than he's running nowadays which you kind of have to at this day and age you got to take advantage of the rules and how they favor offenses and really kind of make things difficult for the defense but whenever those rule changes come several years once the defenses catch up in terms of technique then it gets really difficult for offenses again well, it's all about stripping, right? You notice that, like, that's that now it's not just about the tackle, but it's the tackle and the punch. You punch the football, you're grabbing at the waist, and you're pulling your other arm around the ball, like, which, you know, Fangio was doing that all the way back in, in the Harbaugh days. That was huge. Take our, away Thursdays. You know, our turnover rate. Yeah, our, our turnover rate was so high. Uh, with uh, with Fangio because that was a technique that he really pushed that is really caught on, especially with there being so many rules on how people tackle. The turnover rate has definitely increased, and in terms of how players, the the technique that defenses are using now, yeah. is uh, it's all about it's all about trying to get that ball out of your hands. Right. You know, that's as that's as much a priority as tackling you at the same right. time. I, I I still think you know defensively, I. I d- Collectively, this group has Green Bay has 25 sacks on the year. That's good enough for middle of the road NFL. And against our offensive line, especially with guys like Kittle, if he plays Dwelly, and Kyle Uzcheck is back. Kyle Uzcheck got stopped like what three times on the three yard line. He almost scored several times last week. But I just think that I just think that that's another matchup. You know, line of scrimmage where it all starts. I just think that our offensive line and their defensive line just do not stack up the same way. The the only one that's going to give it, there's two people that are going to give us trouble because, because the, the lion's share of their pass rush comes from two players and that's Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Those, the Smith brothers, so to speak, those are the two guys that they're going to have, you know, that, that they're going to really test us in terms of pass rush. But the fact that it's focused, you know, because so much of it is coming from an individual, it, it allows us to focus a little bit. We get to focus the, the pass protection a little bit more by chipping or putting, you know, or having Kyle Juszczyk back there or having Dwelly or Kittle back there to take them out. We know that their running game is going to be very similar to Earth. It's going to be a, a derivative version of ours because Le, Matt LaFleur is a Kyle Shanahan, you know, he comes from that system, although he he's, he got brought in from what's his name? Robert Sala brought him in because they're very good friends and he vouched for him and brought him on. And we know his brother, the other LaFleur, I forget his name, but he he's still with us. And I believe he's the pass coordinator, pass game coordinator for us right now. And so 
I just think like when we haven't talked about coaches, but that's another matchup that once again, Kyle Shanahan wins almost all of these matchups. He's only lost once. And that was because our kicker failed to make a kick, not because he made a, a bad you know, decision. And so to me, Matt LaFleur against Kyle Shanahan, it's, it's like no contest. This is like, you, yeah, you you got the advantage of being a first-year coach and you're taking some of the innovation from Kyle Shanahan's system and incorporating it into an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. You're going to have good results with that. And you've gotten him a running back in, uh, you've gotten him a terrific running back in Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. So, you know, uh, that that gives them a balanced attack. A, a balanced offense is always going to be a good thing for any quarterback, especially someone as good as Aaron Rodgers, even this late in his career. But I just don't think it's enough. I, it, at the end of the day, it's good enough to make some plays here and there, but it's not going to be, be enough to win out the game. I just think there's there's too much there's too much firepower on our defense and too much firepower on the offense. Granted, if our three big guns play, if they play, then, you know, I obviously they're not going to be a hundred percent, but even 70, 80% versions of those guys is still going to, you know, keep defenses on their toes. Agreed. It's going to be a great game. And yes, I agree. I think that we think we both agree. The 49ers will win this game. So what say you, Goldcast Nation? Let us know at youtube.com slash the Goldcast. Let us know what you think is going to happen in this game. Who's going to win and by how many points? This is your favorite game. You guys always seem to comment. There's so many comments every time on the preview. Everyone loves the prediction. The prediction goldcast it seems to be the most popular episode we have <laughs> and this, and and this, we get this the group most. loves to predict blowouts i mean i just predicted a blowout too but but i but this yeah this they group, do I think almost every week is a blowout to the in their mind <laughs> hey and hey we, we've had it. we've I had quite a few blowouts i'd love to see the stat on which nfl team has the most blowouts this year pretty sure it's yeah, between us I'm and curious new england too yeah, New England's had some crazy blowouts. Mm-hmm. Some crazy. They've had blowouts, blowouts where Aaron, where Tom Brady hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Well, they were saying that I saw some stat. This was I don't know around week six, seven, or eight, somewhere in there, where it was like had the had the had New England not gone on the offense not gone on the field through like the first six weeks, they would still be like fourth in the AFC. Like that's how much the defense has scored. Some crazy number like that. If the defense didn't score, they would be like fourth in the AFC. No, no, it was like if the offense had never stepped onto the field, they would still be like fourth in the AFC. Oh wow! Because that's how many points the defense has scored and how few points the defense has allowed. Yeah. So uh, San Francisco's number two in that category. They've allowed 155 points, and the next best team is New England. Or I'm say the 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 team ahead of us is New England. They've allowed 108 points, so there's a huge gap between how much points they've allowed and how many points we've allowed. I still think our team's better, but I agree, more well-rounded. Yep, equally as brilliant coach. Just hasn't earned the pedigree yet, but he's still young. Plenty of time. Absolutely. All right. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time.
Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. Let's go. This is, is the gold cast.